Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, presented by the tech doctor, Ronan Leonard. Hi, welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, and I'm talking to Dr. Shirley Coyle and Mark Swain. How's it going, guys? Hi, hi Ronan. All good. Okay, hey now, there, Ronan. Great. Now, first of all, tell us a bit about your backgrounds. Okay, um, I'll go first. Um, I originally studied um, electronic engineering and um, specialised in biomedical engineering. Um, and at the same time, I also studied a diploma in fashion design. So I ended up, I suppose, about 15 years ago working in the area of wearable technology um, and particularly in smart garments, so integrating technology into garments. Um, and I worked in the Insight Centre in DC for a long time, um, working with different end users, so in the, the medical side and sports side, um, and looking at ways to, um, to use technology to, to improve people, the quality of people's lives. Um, and then just recently, I um, did a diploma in, in innovation, and from that, I, I set up my own company um, in design consultancy in wearable technologies. Um, so a lot of my work is involved in developing prototypes um, of garments to integrate technology into clothing um, and different types of wearable technologies. Um, and then just recently I've joined the faculty of the Talent Garden Innovation School um, and I'm teaching on the user experience design bootcamp course. Um, and so yeah, we'll talk a bit more about that later, I guess. Yeah. That's fine, Mark. Yeah, sure. So um, I've been working in product design uh, for quite a while. Um, I started off with a master's way back in interaction design, and that was an actual frame and phrase. Uh, um, and since then, I've um, uh, what have I done? I've set up my own consultancy, UXGuy.com, where I've consulted with a lot of brands and startups and VCs around the world, particularly in North America across the states and Canada. Um, I've been over there. I came back in 2015. Um, um, and I, since then, I have been consulting into major projects, into banks, oil companies, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but um, I've over the past good few years, I've also been um, mentoring a lot of startups on a lot of incubators. So probably maybe 30 to 40 startups over the past two to three years, um, helping some founders get to uh, market fit state and validation of product. Um, I've also been guest lecturing and I've also set up the uxinstitute.com, which is a new array of workshops and classes uh, that I'm running from this autumn onwards uh, in conjunction with uh, Talent Garden with the UX Bootcamp that I'll speak to in a little while as well. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of consultancy there, a lot of training, um, a lot of mentorship for startups as well. So, yeah, a big array of stuff. That's good. So, now, w- tell us tell us why we're facing a tech shortage. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, well, I suppose about, I think the recent um, statistics show that there's about 80% of companies can't find staff. And, and I guess, yeah, there's... A, a need there. I mean, there's just a lack of people, and and um, we're looking to you know to recruit from abroad. 
So I guess what we're looking for is is to ways we can address that and um, to upskill people and to to find out those key areas where um, the skills are needed. And do you know what key areas these are, or is it just anything in tech? Yeah, well, I guess uh, I mean there's so many devices connected now. So, um, you know, they're saying that there's going to be about 50 billion connected devices by 2050. Yeah. So obviously, I mean, the technology is just increasing at such a quick rate, um, and it's evolving so quickly. And um, you know, we need to, people to to be able to adapt to that change. Um, and I, I guess things that are making a big impact are um, are um, artificial intelligence um, to be able to analyse. There's a huge amount of data, so data analytics is a big part of that. Um, and then obviously analysing that data with um, machine intelligence and artificial intelligence. Um, I guess Talent Garden have, have worked with a lot of companies and um, to identify the areas that are needed. So things like digital marketing, AI. Obviously, with all this digital technology, how we interact with that is very important. So that's where the user experience or UX design comes in. Yeah. Um, I don't know, Mark, Yeah, sure. Like, I mean, if I think about uh, in terms of product, um, both from an engineering side and design side in Ireland, um, you know, trying to hire and find experienced, talented product managers or product owners or senior UX people in the country, it's hard. It's really hard because a lot of people are already in good jobs. They don't want to move. Um, and even going to the market for any series A startup upwards where they're looking for a <clears throat> excuse me, a head of product or a VP of product, it's an extremely difficult role to fill in this country. Uh, because again, um, most people it's a fresh enough role, type of role, that people are organically growing into. And most roles are filled and people are happy in their roles. And a lot of companies are struggling to find these kind of people in product and engineering to come in and lead product from that perspective. Like a CTO position is quite similar as well. You know, if you hire a search firm to go and find you a CTO for a well-backed startup, Series A upwards in this country, you'll be talking six to 12 months to find someone and it will be a hard push to move them out of that role into a new role. And the same applies to UX. Um, a lot of startups and companies today who are attempting to hire UX people a lot of time don't really understand what they're hiring or who they're actually trying to hire. So there's a lack of knowledge on the hire side, the guy or girl who's trying to hire these people into the org versus what work actually has to be carried out within the company. Um, UX, unfortunately, has so many acronyms uh, and misunderstandings applied to the role and the function that um, people get a little lost on what they're actually hiring into the company. Is it design? Is it research? Um, is it product? Um, you know, it crosses everything, and that's where the lines get blurred. Um, and likewise, there's a serious shortage of talent from a senior perspective in UX in this uh, country as well. And I'm guessing if somebody's hired for a job and they don't fit in properly, it takes a while for them, them to be reskilled and trained to fit in. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's a, like, that's a big thing here as well. Like a lot of, like, believe it or not, there's a large amount of startups out there 
um, who have been building enterprise software for the past eight, ten years, who are only starting to consider UX now and hiring in a couple of junior to midweight UX people to come in and, and um, sort out some of the design issues because design has never been that important to them. Um, even though their customers are screaming out for a better experience and the end of the product, it's never really been on the rollback for the company. So this is quite a common thing that you'll hear and see across software development and SaaS development. Yeah, interesting, because I, I found that in the past when you see a rollout ties in a newspaper or online, the role that, that, that they state isn't the one you get in the, you're doing in the end because they don't know what the job actually entails. And sometimes the people who are hiring you don't really understand what the job is, is either inside the company. When they hire you in, they believe in their head that you should or will be doing these things. But when they actually work with their colleagues internally and figure out, it's actually going to be a whole bunch of other things that need to be done first. And it's not particularly what the individual was sold in the role. Yeah. So that is really, really common. Yeah. I guess we've got to try and fix that and make sure that whenever a role is advertised, the role you state is, is the role that you produce. So people should know before they, they advertise for a job that they know exactly what that person is going to be doing and are not guessing and hoping they've got it right. Yeah, yeah, because it can lead to disappointment. And then, of course, when individuals come into roles like that, if it's a UX role, um, and they're finding out they're going to be used to do some graphic design as well as interface design they're kind of like huh you know i wasn't hired for this and six months later they're gone yeah and the worst thing is for, for a company if they have keep getting high turnover staff it doesn't look good no it, it's a really bad reflection on the organization absolutely yeah so how do we go about fixing this Well, the thing, the thing about it is, is that, you know, this, I mean, um, I mean, there's, there's a lot of variables of answers to be applied to this, but for a lot of companies who are hiring in UX people, um, a lot of founders and owners of startups and companies in series A upwards, a lot of the time are not design led yeah. uh, because the founders are not design led and they are not design thinking led in any way around the product. Um, which is okay to a point because they're trying to get the product to market as quickly as possible to get fit, to get money in the bank, to be able to pay salaries. And that's all fine. But there is a point whereby design should and will take over um, a lot of the work internally in terms of the experience of the product and, and for all the persona customer types. And that's a slow road for a lot of founders to get to that level of understanding and acceptance on how they should run their organization and platform based on that kind of um, design framework. Um, and so, and I suppose, you know, it's getting, um, it's those individuals who are running the platforms and uh, startups that need to be educated first on how important design is and UX is in terms of the experience of a product and how it really sways and influences a user's um decision to stay with a particular SaaS platform or app or whatever it might be um, over another um, and, and it's, it's a huge it's a huge differentiator and um, uh, I don't think it's as well uh, as I said it's as well 
documented or funded or understood or known at the start. And so that just needs to come in much earlier yeah. where possible. Yeah. And any thoughts on this, Shirley? Yeah, well, I guess, I mean, I think um, that across all the levels of education, we need to promote kind of a culture of, of lifelong learning and just, you know, get people to be, to adopt the new technologies. So, I mean, technology is taking so much effort out of our work that that should be a positive thing and free up our time and, and allow us to become creative. So, you know, the thing is about the design, like there's so much technology there and it's not going to be used unless um, unless it's easy to, to use. Um, if people, you know, Apple figured that out, that if you, if something you bring home and you have to bring out loads of manuals, um, it kind of scares people off a bit. Whereas if you bring something home and it's already been charged, you just have to plug it in. So it's just about, um, yeah, um, realising that design is so important. I suppose I've come from an engineering background um, you know, where you want people can over-engineer things and not think about the user. Um, and I think that, that I've kind of then come around, done design separately, and then come around to the whole idea of design thinking. And it's just, it's subtle changes in the way you do things, um, but always getting that feedback from, um, you know, from your users and taking that into the design rather than kind of, going and, and just designing something and then hoping that everyone's going to like it or just assuming what people are going to, to like. Yeah, you, you mentioned Apple. I'm thinking of Apple in the late 90s when they introduced their iMac computers and they said once you, once you uh, unbox it, you can go online within two or three minutes and that's where you need simplicity. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, you know, making, making life easier for, um, for the users um, and then they're going to come back, you know, trying to under, really understand your customer and um, you know, it's not about designing the perfect technology and perfect engineering. It's actually understanding human imperfections and designing around that. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, in the past, the traditional way has been to keeping it in the engineering lab. Um, but I think it's, it's just really important to get, to get people that, you know, are able to communicate across the different disciplines. Um, and I think because, you know, from both sides, I think from, from the design side and from an artistic and creative side also, there's so much technology that can, you know, that can um, improve things and develop new creative um, designs. So I think from, from both sides, like from, I think it's really important from an early stage in education to kind of promote, um, you know, creativity and a lateral way of thinking and just get the different disciplines working together so that um, everybody's not just staying in their box I think you get much more interesting ideas and much better products when you get people of different disciplines who can work together and really um, collaborate and get across pollination of ideas yeah, I guess if you kind of have a, a meeting like, like a group tank getting together and they're, and they're coming from their own points of view what, what they think should be done and you get all different ideas coming together it makes it a lot easier definitely yeah yeah because um, yeah, you get a diff, different skill sets and you get a much broader outlook <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll just. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, I was just gonna. Yeah, I was just gonna add on to that. Like from a commercial perspective, um, you know, it's it's so important now that we do come together with all the stakeholder types around the table to try and figure out the best product. But at the end of the day, it's got to put a bit of money in the bank. 
to keep salaries paid in the company. And what's becoming more and more important for UX people um, and one of the pieces that we'll be actually doing on the boot camp um, is based just around the retention and product. So if you look at apps and SaaS products and platforms, sorry, they're everywhere. Marketing Market verticals are saturated with products, all Me Too products, covering the typical same experiences and workflows, opportunities in the platform. Um, if it's data retention platforms or analytics platforms through the sales platforms, you could name off 10 to 20 of them that are all beautiful looking. UX, CX is all laddered out. It all looks great. And um, you'll find that one of the biggest areas now and the important areas for designers and UX people is to is, is to go deeper in those areas um, because commercially platforms are fighting to keep customers on board on subscription services um, paying monthly um, it really is getting harder and harder for uh, startups and founders and platforms to build um, platforms that are more differentiated um, most products cover the same features and approaches and workflows. So UX people are now, it is so important that UX people now come in to kind of improve the onboarding experience, to improve first interaction touch point experiences, set up of the platform, uh, getting the context right, um, right down to notifications and nudges and communication around the platform. Um, There's so many verticals, a bracket of UX work to think about now to really keep, to help a platform keep their customers on board and paying, um, that the role of UX is just expanding and expanding and expanding and bleeding into CX and all other areas also. And retention in most products obviously is the, um, is the key segment where UX can really get to play in terms of upsell, cross-sell, um, and how to keep features improved. Um, and communication improve with the users or customers on a weekly to daily basis. Um, so yeah, so you'll, you'll, you'll find that on the UX bootcamp, we're covering a lot of this stuff. Um, we're trying not to just cover the basic fundamentals of UX, but we're trying to go, go much deeper um, because, you know, a lot of the UX fundamentals for these type of roles and create it's everywhere so we now need to get into the more um, current state of play in terms of creating product all right now tell us a bit more uh, uh, a bit more about these boot camps sure well the the ux design boot camp is an 18-week program um, and it's two evenings a week um, and it covers all areas from i mean it covers the, the brilliant basics and the whole um design principles looking at user experience and the customer journey um, storytelling is obviously really important especially with new technologies and and how you can you know um, tell people about something that they don't haven't experienced yet um, and also along with key business skills um, and then the different modules take you through the, di the different steps of design thinking so looking at research analysis um, so really focusing on on real human needs and learned ways of, of observing customers and, and interviewing and, and ways of of, um, of really having that empathy with customers mm -hmm. um, and then from that the students will learn how to run their own design sprint so 
that's a method of of um, learning to to work together and, and frame problems so they can come up with their you know a customer need statement and or look out at um, a customer experience map um, and once you have defined your problem and decided what the customer needs um, the fun part is prototyping so actually you know developing rapid prototypes whether that's just on pieces of paper and um, sticky notes and pencil or actual software that's interactive that, that you can test out um, and you know the whole thing about prototyping is then testing it and then going back to the you know and tweaking it a bit going back again and it's, it's a, a cycle of, of um, improvement um, one of the, the big differentiators in this course um, is of course there's an industry project so there's a um, a great involvement with different industries and um, the Talent Garden have partnered with and there's a couple of options so students can bring their own design challenge from their own organisation um, whether it's their day-to-day job or else something that they're working on inside um, and also we have projects um, from industries like um, the Dublin Airport Future Factory and um, Reno Software who are based in the same campuses as Talent Garden and um, the Rediscovery Centre of Ballymun and um, Robotify, who are also in the DCU Alpha campus. Um, and these companies, so they're looking for various solutions um, to challenges that they're facing um, or possibly ways to optimise different features in their um, of their products. Um, so that's just a brief overview. Um, I don't know if you want to add yeah. to that, Mark. Yeah, sure. So um, I think for me, definitely coming on board on the faculty, one of the best selling points of this course um, really is the power of the faculty. Um, Talent Garden and Roots and Co. have managed to assemble probably some of the strongest people in UX and product in the country. Um, I actually don't know another faculty from any other course in this area as good as what they've pulled together. And I think that's one of the biggest selling points for people coming on board into the course is that what they're getting from us is real-world product creation, i.e. us, um, who are building product on a daily basis in real working environments uh, and bringing that into the classroom to students to show what's really going on in the industry um, on a daily basis and what your jobs will actually entail from a business perspective to a strategy perspective to UX to design to implementation and testing. Um, And a lot of college typical diplomas in UX or college courses can't really cover that and don't cover it very well. Um, I mean, for me, you know, if if I look back to my days when I was in college um, and I was jumping into college today, I probably wouldn't do a three-year diploma in design or UX. I'd do a boot camp much quicker and get straight out into industry because, as Shirley mentioned earlier, technology and practices around it are changing literally on a weekly basis um, you know a lot of what you might learn over a three year period in college would be redundant after quite a while so jumping into an immersive um, 18 week boot camp like this will give you the right framework to get started and to jump into industry as quickly as you can um, uh, and that's one of the biggest selling points of this I don't believe there is actually a better UX course in the country that frames it this way or the faculty comes directly from industry. And to go in this course, what experience do you need or can you just go in as a novice? 
Yes, the, the course, I suppose, it's probably aimed at people for a range of, of professions. So possibly graphic designers, web developers, software engineers, um, product managers who want to to upskill. Um, I mean, the big thing about the course is that it's very interactive. So it's it's not going to be a course where you come in and sit down and, and get lectured at for a couple of hours. There'll be maybe an hour lecture and then um, kind of action-based projects um, so a lot of interaction and I think a big thing about these kind of courses is that you have a range of different people so even your fellow students you'd actually learn a lot from them when you're working on group projects and academic based projects um, but uh, yeah no, it's really it's really open to anyone who's interested in the area so I guess you yeah like you'll find sorry go ahead sorry, go ahead yeah go ahead Mark go yeah ahead. I was just going to say you'll find as Shirley mentioned maybe um, web developers as in website builders um, and graphic designers who have kind of gotten to a point in their career who want to evolve and go much deeper in product creation would jump into a course like this. You'll also find that uh, BAs, uh, product owners uh, in companies who want to get a much deeper understanding of UX into their, into their kind of workflow internally in their own company in terms of sprint planning. Um, and hiring a UX team around them to be involved in product, those kind of people yeah. uh, across the array would jump into something like this um, to learn and um, and evolve their the, um, design thinking methodologies really to be able to bring it back internally and as Shirley pointed out just newbies who want to jump straight in who have some knowledge in the area um, yeah because I'm thinking, as you mentioned earlier but people doing the course, my have some experience in the area and if you, if you got them that's actually on the course, anybody who, who's new and in the course, not to share with the area, these guys can help them and reassure them. We're all in this course together and we'll help each other out. Yeah. So I, yeah. So one of the things that um, that is part of the boot camp is the one-on-one mentorship. And as Shirley mentioned, there, there will be some lecturing and a lot of activities like workshops where you will be participating and collaborating and working together. I mean, um, that, that will be a large part of it. There will be the one-on-one mentorship on the industry project from the faculty, um, ourselves, um, and uh, we will be supporting the students through that right through to the end on a weekly basis. That's good. And uh, how do you apply for the course? Where do you go and get more information on this, on this bootcamp course? Um, yeah, with, on the Talent Garden website, um, yeah. there's a link to it on that. We can send that on a few. And uh, is the course free as well? The course is... There's a few register soon. Um, there's a cheaper price, but um, it's all, all the details are on the website. Okay, that's good to know. And, and, yeah, and, the, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, all the details. Yeah, there's a... There's a rate knockoff at the moment on the price for the next little while yeah. uh, before it goes back up to full price, I think. So, yeah, you'll find that all on the Talent Garden Bootcamp UX Bootcamp page. And is there anything else you want to add to the podcast? The, the, um, there's some um, open evenings being run at the moment. They've been running over the summer. Yeah. Yeah. I think Europe is studying in one on next, the next Wednesday, Mark. Yeah, that's right. Um, so, um, <clears throat> yeah, so I'll be doing an open evening this um, 
Wednesday, next Wednesday, September 4th. So I so what the guys in Talent Garden have been doing, I've been running a number of open evenings, inviting a lot of people along for free to an hour, an hour and a half lecture um, around some of the areas that the course is going to cover. Um, and I'm d- doing another one uh, this Wednesday night coming September 4th, which will be based around SAS and how SAS is programming the world. Okay, anything else we got, Shirley? Um, no, I think that's, um, I think, yeah, all the information's on the website anyway. And um, yeah, I think it'd be great if people want to see the, um, the campus, they could go along on next Wednesday night then and find out more information from the BMO faculty there too as well. Yeah, I was just going to say one final point would be good is that the Talent Garden campus is a beautiful campus, the way they have it, um, the way they have it designed. And there's a lot of free open working space there as well for uh, students in terms of working on their projects um, when they're on the course. So the um, yeah, so the premise is very supportive of that in terms of um, course participants. Okay, that's great. Thanks so much for, for the conversation, Mark Swain and, uh, and Dr. Shirley Curl, and have a great day. Okay, thank you, Ronan. Thanks, Byron. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Bye.